Welcome back to the Strugglehood Podcast, episode two. I am your host, Jess. And this week I have Reddit episodes or Reddit stories, rather, that go with the theme of having siblings or like having multiple children. I come from a background where I have multiple siblings. And when my parents divorced, I had step-siblings, I have an adopted sibling, I have half-siblings, and I have one full sibling. So my sibling situation is like all over the fucking map. But um, I also have three kids. So for me personally, I feel like having multiple kids is just an array of dilemmas and challenges all the time. Um, Not to say that there aren't those challenges when you have only one child, but when you have more than one child mixed into the factor or more than one child, it creates multiple factors um, that as they age, things change. And so this week I have three stories um, that kind of go with this theme and I'm excited to read them, give my take, and hopefully get your opinions. So episode two, let's do it. So before we get into this week's episode, I have this idea of just doing like, what's it like to be living in the world of Jess? Because like I said, I have three kids of my own and the amount of chaos that is going on in my house at any given time is just overwhelming most days. Personally, I don't know how I've made it this far. My older two are 13 months apart. And then our youngest is there's a seven year age gap between my middle child, Zachary, and our youngest, Charlie. And there are some days where I rest my little head on my pillow and I'm just like, what was that all about? And so that kind of especially where they had school like off today, I feel like this is the perfect episode to be doing or the theme perfect theme to be doing for this episode. So to give you a little recap of the chaos, which is my life, this weekend itself has been incredibly long and drawn out. The last week has been long, but also like so quick. And I feel like as I age, each week just gets progressively faster. Yet at the same time, it feels like it takes forever. It's a really weird concept. Um, but for instance, so let's just cover this weekend because this weekend was jam-packed. So today I had to make an appointment to go get my headlight fixed because the headlamp was out, which I don't think in my entire adult life I've ever dealt with a headlight out. So maybe that's a pat on the back for me, but I make an appointment and it's not something as simple as just like reaching in through the engine or like under the hood and replacing the light bulb. No, these motherfuckers had to take off the goddamn bumper in order to replace the little light bulb on my car. So, you know, $109 for that. Love that. So fun for me. And yesterday I was at Walmart and 
I had just gotten there. I was probably five minutes into my shopping trip because I had to get like groceries. I feel like every day I'm needing to like get more groceries. It's wild. And I got a really heavy text message regarding some personal stuff. And as an adult, I feel like as I get older, panic attacks are becoming like more debilitating for me. I never used to have panic attacks to the degree that I have them now. I've always had anxiety. I've always had like depressive episodes. Um, As somebody who struggles with mental health, I will say that, you know, trigger warning for anybody who's listening. I have dealt with suicidal tendencies in the past. I've gotten help. I've been in therapy for the past three years, but I just feel like as I get older, my panic attacks about things just get increasingly worse, Um, which I really should talk to my doctor about instead of the internet and my listeners. But I got this text message and it took me five minutes to be able to like snap back into what I was doing. So I got the text message. I read it. I was in the middle of the freezer section at Walmart and I just, it's not, the text message didn't have any new information. It's all stuff that I already knew, but for some reason it just hit a little bit differently in that moment. And for five minutes I stood there just trying not to cry as there were people passing me. And I just was like, I know I'm here to do something. I know I'm here to grocery shop, but I can't for some reason move. And I couldn't, all I could think in that moment is I'm just trying not to cry in public. And I texted my husband cause you know, he's involved in it as well. And he was like, you're okay. Cause I told him, I was like, I literally don't know what I'm doing. Like I can't think. And he's like, you're okay. You know, you're just there to get the stuff on the list. Um, I love you. Everything's going to be all right. And, but it took me like five minutes to like be able to figure out like, oh yeah, I do have a list of things that I needed to get. But even as I was looking at the list and thinking, oh yeah, I need to get hot dogs. I walked right past the fucking hot dogs <laughs> in Walmart. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to go back. And I just, I just passed it. So it was a really weird trip to Walmart yesterday. Um, and I got home, like I bought a hot dog to eat on the way home. Cause like Walmart had make like, they're probably not even good for me, but I don't give a fuck. They have the hot dogs in the rolls for like $1.50 that they put out for you to grab in like the hot section. And I usually like to grab one. So I grabbed one and I had a drink. And normally like that's my snack on the way home if I haven't like had anything to eat all day. And we hadn't had dinner yet. And I didn't like I was so frazzled and I was so out of it. And like just I had this heaviness in my chest and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even eat that. So that was my like wrap up of yesterday. And then I saw my mom for the first time since November of 2021 um, on Saturday for my niece's party. And I have a long standing history of trauma revolving my mom. And unfortunately, I had to make the decision in 2021 to cut my mom out of my life. So I don't speak to her. I haven't seen her. I am working on my issues revolving her in my childhood and therapy But for the last week leading up, pretty much since I last recorded and I had the realization of, oh, shit, I got to see my mom this weekend. You know, I've been kind of mentally preparing for that. And it was just one of those things where, like, it was just very daunting for me. So very long, very annoying, hectic weekend. And on top of this, like I said, my kids are out of school today. So naturally, the older two are 13 months apart. And my youngest is a, she just turned a year in December. So there's a seven year age gap between Zachary and Charlie. And my older two just like to fucking fight about everything. I tell them not to jump on my couch. Me looking over into the living room. What do I see them jumping on my couch? Not several hours after I had a little meltdown because they were jumping on my couch. 
they started doing it again. And I'm just like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, so the kids just don't listen. Charlie is in a phase where I walk out of the room and she just like loses her fucking marbles. So it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Oh, and on top of this, I just want to, what tipped the bottle for me yesterday. I got through the grocery store. I got to the soup section and I go to toss the soup can of soup in my cart and it landed on the fucking eggs. <laughs> eggs are so expensive right now, which is fine, but not really because I have, I just feel like suddenly I'm going through a ton of eggs. Now that they're expensive, I feel like now our household is just going through a ton of eggs, which is whatever. But naturally the can that I threw into the cart had to land on the fucking eggs and I cracked one and I didn't put it back. I bought, I bought the eggs, but that is my life. So basically since the last time I've podcasted, um, my life has just been in shambles in the past three days mostly, but you know, whatever. So getting into today's episodes again, the theme is like siblings slash having multiple, multiple kids. So um, so this first story is from the subreddit r slash family, and it says, my son is angry that I'm pregnant. Uh, so it says, I have three teenagers age 17, 15, and 14, and a baby on the way. My baby is from my current fiance, and my teens are from a previous marriage. My girls are happy about having a new brother or sister, but my 15-year-old is not. He stormed out of the room when we told him the news, and he has been giving me the silent treatment for the past few days. He told my fiance, I don't care about this stupid baby, and he rolls his eyes whenever the baby is mentioned. I'm in shock. Normally, he's such a sweet kid, and is this a typical teenager reaction to this news, and will he eventually come around to it? So, I feel like 15-year-old boys are just filled with so much emotion. I haven't gotten to the stage yet where I have to deal with, you know, the hormones and puberty and all that shit yet. And I can tell you right now, I am dreading the day that I have to go through all that because I just, I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle that personally, but we'll get there. But around the 15 year old age, specifically with boys, I mean, girls, obviously I went through the whole teenage years and I remember being just, there would be days where I'm just so mad and I have outbursts and then suddenly I'm like, ah, my God, what was that about? I still do that as a 28 year old woman. Hormones are wackadoodle daisy. But I feel like specifically for that 15, 13, 14, 16 year old age range for boys, that's where a lot of those big changes start to happen. So where there are already a lot of changes going on with OP's kids and their lives, you know, she just went through a divorce. I don't know how long ago the divorce was, but, you know, the, her this kid's parents, these kids' parents were separated and that dealing with that itself, especially if the kids are older, it's a lot harder to deal with. I remember when my parents divorced, I was, I believe like six years old, maybe a little bit younger. And I remember being really confused, but it didn't affect me to the sense where like my whole, my whole world was flipped up upside down. I just remember thinking my dad has a new girlfriend already. She's got kids. Don't know how I feel about that at such a young age. I have to now go to my mom's house, but then I have to then go to my dad's house, you know, the next weekend. And I remember being that young and just being like, this is weird. Where versus when kids are older, it is a huge, drastic, life altering thing that happens to them. I can't speak to any personal experience, but I have had friends who, 
you know, whose parents divorce and it's literally, it can be earth shattering. And some kids may not express that right away. It might come out in various, you know, little pockets of outbursts that happen. And so this might just be what's tipping his world. That's finally, okay. So like the divorce tipped his world 45 degrees. And now this baby is just throwing him over the edge and he's just like not happy about it. So lots of big changes, especially for teenagers, you know, they're just, they're probably not going to know how to handle all that information. And I would hope that, you know, where these kids have two different households and there's now a new baby coming, you know, hopefully OP will get this child into therapy to kind of talk about the big feelings, but having a new, introducing a new baby is a lot. I was 12 years old when my youngest blood related sibling was introduced to me and well, not introduced to me, but when my dad um, and stepmom told us that, you know, Hey, we're having another baby. And I remember feeling like this is weird. <laughs> this is interesting, but I don't, I wasn't upset about it. I don't remember feeling any real big feelings towards it, but you know, at that point my parents had already been separated and we had been living in two different, I had been going to between two different houses for six years. So it wasn't like I had, you know, that on top of a new baby. And, you know, I'm kind of speculating a little bit. I don't know when OP got divorced from, you know, their dad, when she got engaged, but that's another thing to notate, right? So a divorce happened at some point with these kids. Now this mom is engaged in marrying a new person. I'm assuming it's a man based on the fact that they procreated. And now there's going to be a baby with the new person. So there's a lot of different factors that are going into why this boy is probably feeling such a big feeling about it. But yeah, I was, I was 12 when my sister was born. So probably 11 when my dad and stepmom had were like, Oh my God, we're going to have a new baby. And I just, for me personally, I didn't really have a lot of feelings. I know. I remember the day that my dad told me actually we ended up going to the beach. It was like, Hey, we're having a baby. You're going to have a you know new baby brother or sister. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we went to the beach and it was like, that was that. And then I remember the baby shower. And then I remember the baby, my sister coming. And then that was really that. Um, it wasn't like this huge thing that I, I don't, I don't know. There was, there's a lot of fuzziness re- regarding it, but I also remember certain moments of it as well. Like when I found out my little sister was born, it was actually, from other students in my class who told me I got on the bus and they're like, Oh my gosh, your sister was born. Congratulations. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I don't, I still to this day don't know how it happened. I don't know if like the front office was trying to get a hold of my teacher or I don't know what that was all about. But I remember I found out my sister was born when I got on the bus and they were all like, ah, your sister was born. How cool. And I was like, okay, great. Some kids also, just handle different family dynamics differently. Maybe he has been struggling with the new, any new changes that might be going on. If you're newly engaged or since you became engaged, the OP, maybe he just hasn't been handling that and you haven't really caught on to it. And this is just really, again, the tip of the iceberg for this kid. And I'm sure that for him, he's probably having feelings of feeling maybe replaced by all things new and Obviously, it's hard to divide your attention equally between all your kids. I mean, I know for me, sometimes I have really guilty feelings of, you know, oh, you know, the baby has really been taking all my attention. I haven't really been able to 
spend quality time with just Sky or just Zach because all my attention has been on the baby. My husband and I are very cognizant of the fact that, you know, they have feelings and we don't want them to feel replaced or abandoned or, you know, like all we care about is the baby. So we try to take them out individually um, on dates. So like I took my son to the trampoline park, just me and him. We had like a little date day and then I brought him out to lunch. My husband brought Skylar out to a concert, to a John Mayer concert uh, last year. So we, we try to do things with them when and where we can. Our schedules are just absolutely fucking nuts 90% of the time. But you know, hopefully the OP is, are, is doing things that is special with each child. Cause I feel like that's really important. My dad and my mom never did things individually with me after the divorce where, you know, it was just special Jess and mom time or Jess and dad time. It was, you know, all of us together or nothing at all. And I know my kids appreciate when we take the time to do things individually with them. And so where he's the only boy, you know, I have three kids. It goes girl, boy, girl. You know, he might be being sandwiched between two teenage girls might be really hard for him on top of all that. I mean, my brother was the only boy out of us four kids with my mom. And I know for certain that that was hard for him at certain times. So I think, you know, OP should definitely line up therapy or offer that as an option for him to be able to talk about things that he might be feeling that he might not feel safe or able to express to his parents. Um, and then also make sure to find time through all the new things going on, especially with the new baby coming, you know, have dedicated time for just him, because I feel like that's really important to find time to spend with each kid individually. Um, some of the comments. So the top comment of this says your kid is probably feeling like you're replacing him with a new family. Do you have a lot of financial resources to take care of the new baby and help your current kids that is going to, or is this going to stretch your wallet? Do you spend time with your current kids one-on-one go to the sports games or take them out to learn about them? Or is this going to stretch your attention? Do you have enough rooms to ask all the kids to still have their own rooms? Or is this one of them going to be getting, or is this one of them going to be giving up space for the new baby? There are so many reasons why a teen could be upset and feel threatened about a new baby. It's a good idea to talk to them about it and do your best to mend the relationship now while you can. That is also a thing that I didn't even think about. Will this baby change the actual living arrangements for the kids? I mean, for me, my husband, we share a room with Charlie and Sky and Zach both have their own rooms because they're they're older and we just feel like, you know, based on the fact that they're two different genders and also that they just deserve to have their own space, you know, that we just, we've always had them separate as long as we've had the space for it. And we have thought about, you know, should we put Charlie in with one of them? But it's really, I mean, there's a seven, eight, seven year age gap between Zach and Charlie and we don't want to put him in. We don't want to put her in his room because first of all, his room is a fucking pit 24 seven and he just has the tiniest room in the house as it is. But we also don't feel like it would be beneficial to put Charlie in with Skylar because like, that's her space. I just, I grew up in a situation where I had to always share a room. I slept on the floor of the new baby's nursery when my little sister came. So that is a good point is, you know, is there enough room? Are there enough resources to even be having this baby or, you know, what kind of struggle if there is one now is that going to even get bigger 
And how, like, really, truly, how are these dynamics going to shift? And especially if that means his personal space and his safe space within the house is going to be either taken or shifted. Yeah, I probably would be super upset, too. I mean, I know for me at my dad's house growing up, when the divorce happened, I never had my own room at his house. Not once did I ever have my own room. I had what we called the mat. So it was a mat uh, it wasn't even like a cot. It was just like a mat to throw that folded up and you could sit on it and then you'd unfold it. And it was like this very thin mat that was our bed. And I remember my little sister had her own nursery and then the two boys who were my stepbrothers shared a room and me and my sister had to both sleep on the floor in either one of those rooms. My room was the baby's nursery and I never, once my parents divorced, I never had my own bed. I never had my own bed at his house. My mom had primary custody of us and you know, both my parents worked hard, but I just, I never had my own space. I never had my own space. And I know that there were a lot of us kids and my dad was doing his best, but that is always going to be one thing that I will look back on and be like, you know, dude, I wish I at least had a better kind of living arrangement when I came over your house. Like the couch or something, the couch would have been better than a thin little fucking mat. But you know, that's also something to think about is what is going to be taken from your son aside from the attention that will then go to the baby? So yeah, very tricky situation. I would just, like I said, maybe try to see if he'll be open to therapy. I feel like my, with my experience with my brother, boys at that age are just not open to therapy. Uh, but, you know, offer it to him. And then, you know, like I said, current one-on-one time, if it doesn't exist, establish one-on-one time with him that way he's not feeling left out or forgotten um all right story number two was deleted off of reddit uh but it says my son is being bullied by classmates because they found out about his sister before i read this i'm probably going to stumble over my words a little bit um parts of this story were written and it's not grammatically correct and it's confusing to read but bear with me so it says, my son is being bullied by classmates because they found out, about, found out about his sister. Throw away for obvious reasons, and no, I will not reveal any identifying info about my daughter. My stepdaughter, 19, is at a university out of state. She is really smart, majoring in a STEM field with prospects of a well-paying career. She is really smart and a talented girl. Her little half-brother, my son, who's 12, looks up to her. He has autism and doesn't really have friends, and his sister is his best friend. Her bio dad isn't in the picture, as my wife has no idea who he was, and she was a product of a one-night stand. Now, we found out what my daughter's been doing. She's been doing porn and OnlyFans. Apparently, some kids at school found out, and my son was teased about it, and some of the kids were showing videos of it to the other kids. We reported this, and they suspended the kid, but everyone knows. My son has been really upset about this and says he wants to go live with his sister. He's really upset his sister isn't here with him. Our daughter has found out and says it's none of our business and that she just wants to make easy money so she doesn't have to work so much while she goes to school. I have offered to send her money and help her and also pay for counseling if she promises to delete her accounts and stop doing what, what she's doing, but she refuses. And she says she doesn't want to come home for Thanksgiving. My son is really looking forward to Thanksgiving to see his sister. How can I convince my daughter to come home? How can I explain to this? How can I explain this to my son? I was thinking the four of us as a family could have a discussion together. Me, my wife, me and my wife are heartbroken over this. We feel like we failed as parents. I know she never accepted me as her dad, but I love her and see her as my own. And I tried really hard and worked really hard to provide her for the best. 
I'm just so scared for my children's future. What do I do? So right off the bat, I feel like the feelings of failure that OP has are a little misplaced. Just because your daughter decided to join OnlyFans and do porn does not mean there's any sort of failure. Because first of all, the porn industry is, you know, crazy successful. And we don't have to necessarily love the idea of our children creating porn films. But our job as parents is to support them and be there for them be there for them through whatever decisions they as adults make. She is of age. She is a consenting adult. If she decides she wants to make porn and make money and be a sex worker or be in the sex industry, that is her prerogative and making her feel bad about that as all the rest of society already does, isn't going to help anything and is not going to build a relationship with her. I mean, OP said, um, she's never accepted me as her dad. Well, she's probably not going to accept you now that you have placed judgment on her and are trying to get her to stop doing something that she as an adult can decide that she wants to do. Again, we don't have to like the decisions that our kids make. I mean, obviously, you know, if they're drug dealers and doing some crazy illegal shit, then yeah, probably intervene and have a conversation. And, you know, that's something to be frustrated and cast judgment on. But it's still our job as parents, even when our kids turn of age, that they are adults, to support them and be there for them. And you're just not helping anybody in the situation, be it your wife, you, or your son, by casting judgment and making it an unsafe space for her to the point where she doesn't even want to come home for Thanksgiving. I mean, that's your son's best friend. Your son is already struggling at school. I mean, right now, my daughter has a bully at school, and I have had to get the school involved for the second time. And it's not an easy thing to deal with. I mean, I probably wouldn't really know how to do damage control either if, you know, Skylar turns 18 and wants to do porn or go to OnlyFans or whatever, and her son who is her son her brother, my son, who is still in high school because he's a year behind her, you know, all his classmates find out she's doing porn and they've seen videos. I mean, obviously I don't, I, I'm not in that situation, so I can't really put myself there entirely, but I know what I wouldn't do is make it so my daughter can't be comfortable around his, her family um, because we all know her secret. She's very adamant that she's not going to do counseling. First of all, the fact that you think she needs counseling for doing porn is a little weird, spooky, scary business. It's also one of those things where like everybody watches porn. Everybody, I guarantee you at some point or another has watched porn. And it's also one of those things where like, for instance, my husband and I have talked about, you know, what it's going to look like when we have to have the sex talk with our kids because I didn't have any sex talk with my parents. Um, I think it was just one of those things where they're like, don't do it. And then when my mom found out I was having sex, it was like a little bit after I became sexually active and she was like, Oh my God. And then she like went and told everybody it was fucking weird business. You know, we want to educate our children and let them know that sex is okay. It's a natural part of life. And 
you know, I'm sure they're going to probably watch porn at some point. So, you know, hey, do it in the privacy of your own room. Don't make it a thing. You know, make sure nobody's going to walk into your room and witness anything. You know, just be smart. Be safe about it. We're here if you need anything. Condoms, birth control, whatever. That's the type of family we want to be. Obviously, the son who has autism might not understand certain aspects about sex. I mean, depending on the severity of the autism, um, you know, his development and just overall how he is able to understand things as a 12-year-old boy. I mean, 12 is a weird fucking time in life anyways, especially for boys. That is, like, I mean, obviously, these 12-year-old boys are watching porn. They found it and they're spreading it around school. But, you know, tell your son, hey, yep, this is what your sister does. Tell them you don't want to watch it and maybe have like a witty comeback or something. And hopefully your son is able to just kind of ignore it. But it's also maybe it's this is a good opportunity for your daughter to sit down and explain what she does in a way that is not such a big deal because it really doesn't have to be a big deal. And this family is kind of making it a big deal. I mean, like, why does she need counseling? Like, I just I don't understand why this dad's solution is to stop like if she promises to stop and go to counseling she doesn't need counseling she needs to just not be judged so hard for this she says she doesn't want to talk about it and ultimately that needs to be like the end of the story pushing the subject is only going to push her further away and where she's a college student and she's going through you know adulthood early adulthood of trying to figure out life outside of being with her parents there's a lot of things that happen in that period of time for most kids. Um, and so I feel like he just needs to kind of switch gears and say, Hey, you know what? Come home for Thanksgiving. We don't have to talk about it. If you feel like you want to talk about it, you know, let me know, but maybe you would be open to having a conversation with your brother to make sure, you know, maybe he understands a little bit more. And so he has that information because people are bullying him at school. I know for me, I wouldn't want to come home from Thanksgiving and talk about it with my dad of all people. I'd be like, Absolutely not. I will fly anywhere in the world other than to home because that is just never going to happen. Top comment on this says, I understand you are upset about her doing porn and OnlyFans, but she is an adult and has strongly expressed that you and mom cannot change her mind. The best path is to support her and make sure she's being safe and taking necessary precautions. If you try to have a, a family meeting to try to convince her and why her choices are wrong, it will just force her to stop coming home and communicating with you guys. Unfortunately, what your daughter doesn't yet realize is that she may be jeopardizing her opportunities in future in her future field of work. That is a lesson she has to learn on her own and just be there to support her if, if anything blows up in her face. While I know that having a hands-off approach would be difficult for you and your wife, it is best to be neutral so that if anything does go wrong, she knows that she can come to you guys for help as opposed to having a hostile hostile and argumentative reaction because something may go wrong and she will never come to you guys. I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, again, it's okay to not want your children to do certain things once they become an adult. But that is a good point as to, you know, if she has a career that she's going to be going into, that stuff's on the internet. Somebody, anybody can come across it. Obviously, 12-year-old boys are coming across it and spreading it around school. You don't know who's going to see that. And so if you want to have whatever a job and whatever field that this that your daughter is going to school for i mean that's something that she has to think about and that is information that you can share with her and be like hey you know it i understand that you're doing this but 
Think of the long-term effect it could have if, you know, let's say your boss watches you do porn and you go to get a job. That could be a really big reason as to why you don't get the job. And that could be devastating for you to try to get a foot in that career field. But do you think that reacting to her so strongly and negatively now, like this commenter said, do you think that that's going to create a safe space for her to come to you at any other point in time, whether it be regarding this topic or not, you know, she might not feel like she has any safe space to come back to. Um, so there's a definitely some things to keep in mind. And, you know, again, only fans and porn isn't the end all be all. It doesn't have to create such a negative aura around your daughter. You don't have to like it, but you can support her and just let her know like, Hey, I just want you to be safe. Please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And kind of leave it at that. Let her come to you if she needs anything. Hopefully she will, but I feel like there's already been some damage done, but the best thing you can do is just not create further damage and focus on helping your son with his problems versus trying to make problems out of what she's doing. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, moving on to story number three, it says, I feel broken is the title of the post and it comes from the subreddit r slash parents of multiples. So it says, I have twin boys who are four and a half months actual, 10 weeks adjusted. They absolutely refuse to nap at the same time, even though we keep them on the same eat, play, sleep schedule. Twin A is a decent fall- is decent at falling asleep, and twin B just will not do it no matter what we do. Literally, the only thing that works is wearing them. They are also both Velcro babies, which makes it impossible to do anything for 99% of the days as they will mostly scream, not fussing, but purple face, no breathing screaming, if not being held. I know they are still young and in the fourth trimester that everything is a phase and that I should keep my expectations low. I'm lucky enough to have a supportive partner who pulls his weight and a night nurse um, four times a week so we can sleep. I'm conscious of my depressive state and increasing my Zoloft dose. I know all of this and have all these feelings or have all these things and yet I feel just all I feel is despair. I'm not sure what I'm looking for with this post advice, commiseration or just catharsis i guess if you have any mantras that go get you through bad days then send them my way i experienced a really awful time with my son zachary so my first baby skylar was i think i said this in my last episode where she was like the perfect baby never cried never fussed about anything outside of an issue that we had with breastfeeding and then having to change to formula feeding she really never had any issues she slept through the night at such a young age and was just an overall really happy really easygoing baby and then my son came 13 months later and he was the exact opposite of her colic only wanted to pacify on me never wanted to be put down always needed to be wrapped up super tight in the um what do you call those things the uh, swaddles and would just scream and cry if the wind blew in the wrong direction, it seemed. Um, so I cannot imagine, after experiencing what I did with my son, I can't imagine having two babies that are on opposite sleep schedules and just need to be held all the time. Like, I know that that is probably the most dreadful feeling in the world, is having two babies like that. I remember... Zachary's first year of life and my daughter's second year of life, it felt like I was on autopilot. There was a lot because I was a single mother at that time. There was a lot I don't remember. And I 
have a whole lot of guilt revolving that um, because I truly was on autopilot. I mean, I would just get up, do the things I need to do, go to work, come home, put them to bed, feed them, bathe them, do whatever I needed to do, barely taking care of myself, just trying to get by each day with a baby who never slept through the night and a toddler who was, you know, trying to also handle the fact that mommy has a new baby autopilot completely through and through the first 12 months of my son's life and the second year of my daughter's life. And I feel really awful about that because there's a lot I just don't remember. Like I remember a lot of things that I have documented, like through pictures that will like bring me right back to like when that picture was taken or when that video was taken. But in between those moments, I don't really remember a lot of my feelings. I don't really remember how I coped with things. I I just remember not a lot of shit could bother me. I had a few meltdowns where I was like, holy shit, I'm so tired. I just need this fucking baby to sleep. But like, I just, I don't remember showering, even though I knew I did. I don't remember eating, even though obviously I knew I did. There's a lot I don't remember, but there's also a lot of moments that I do remember, but it's only really what I have documented, if that makes sense. So like if I scroll back in my Instagram or my Facebook and I see pictures or videos of something I took, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. But really in between those moments, I... I really don't remember a whole lot, which unfortunately I, you know, this could happen. Um, I don't know if a lot of other parents have experienced this. I don't, I haven't really talked about it with other parents before, but this very well could be the reality of your twins' first year of life. You might look back and not remember a whole lot because you were just trying to survive. Survival mode was all that it was. And so I would encourage this mom to document and maybe journal her feelings, what are happening. I, for me, I'm a photographer. That's what I do. I have a small business. Um, and so taking pictures for me has always been something that is really big in my life. Um, I probably take too many pictures. I probably document too much, but for me, that is therapy. I love doing it. I love having those moments. And I'm glad that I do because that first year of Zach's life where I don't remember a whole lot outside of the pictures, I'm thankful that I have those. Cause I, I, I think about it what would I remember if I didn't have those pictures? What would I remember if I don't have, if I didn't have those videos of them doing things together or interacting or Zach, you know, in his walker, stuff like that. So hopefully this mom can doc find a way to document, you know, the little happy moments or even just like journaling, you know, about how the day went and how awful it was and getting it out on paper and just thinking like, Oh my God. So that way in, you know, a year's time, this mom can look back and be like, Holy shit, look what I survived. Um, I wonder what this OP is doing in terms of fun things for themselves and self-care. Like, are they getting out of the house? Are they going to get their hair done? Are they going for a walk through Target or Marshall's? Are they going out on date nights? And hopefully maybe the night nurse can come a little bit early one night or get paid a little extra in order to, to for them to be able to go out on a date and relax and not have to hear or be in the space where their babies are constantly fussing and creating kind of negative negative energy. I mean, when you're around that all the time, it is negative energy. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but that's negative energy to just have those feelings of dread with two babies who just seemingly cannot get it together. Despair at this stage and really a lot of stages. Like I have stages right now with my seven and eight year old where I just feel like I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. I feel like no matter what I say, no matter what I do, nothing is going to change the fact that they just don't listen to me and whatever. So, but despair at that stage 
when you're just trying to survive each day can be so overwhelming. It can feel like you're suffocating. It can feel like you're drowning. It can feel like there's no end in sight. But what I would say to this mom is that one day you're going to realize that you're not in that same stage anymore. Like, I just, I I don't really remember the transition between Zachary being so colicky and crying all the time to when he wasn't. I don't remember if it happened super fast. I don't remember the gradualness of it. But I just remember one day I was like, oh, oh, yeah, he's sleeping through the night now. Oh, he's not, he's not freaking out as much anymore. And it's going to hit this OP at one point where it's like, oh, holy shit, I made it through. And I know I've had those moments, even with our youngest, where it seems all she's wanting to do is wake up every two hours at night and she's teething and it's like this and it's like suddenly she's not doing that. Or, you know, you talk, you hear parents talk about how they don't really remember the last time that they had their baby sleep in their arms because you start putting them in their crib and then they start, you know, they figure that whole crib sleeping thing out and then they're not napping on you anymore. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that that was going to be the last time. So these days right now for this mom and dad are incredibly long, incredibly hard. But the fact that they are taking care of themselves in terms of, you know, they know that they need a night nurse. They have one another to lean on. And the fact that this OP's husband is super supportive is really important. I remember with my son before his dad wasn't around anymore and we had that falling out. Um, you know, he was not helpful. I remember there was one day I walked into the kitchen or the living room of our tiny ass apartment. He was, it was scary how frustrated he was with Zachary. And I remember being like, okay, I definitely need to be the only one to like be like, take care of the baby. And our relationship ended shortly after he was born. But, um, you know, having, having that ability to have a partner to lean on who understands and is in the same boat and is supportive and helps take care of the babies. And then you have the night nurse and you're on Zoloft and you have these tools available to you. That is so important. So, so important. Um, but it's also important to have things outside of the home, have your own self-care days, have your own hobbies that you go and do. I mean, I feel like in this world, mom shaming and mom communities can be really fucking weird and nitpicky and gross, but hopefully, you know, try it out. Try like a mommy play group, try out a local mom's community group where, you know, you just go to the park or you go get coffee or something to be able to connect with other moms, find like another twin mom group or something where you, you know, people of multiples or twins, you know, you all understand what it's like to have more than one baby at one time and you know maybe you can connect on that level but it's not going to last forever and i'm sure that this op has heard that a million bazillion times but it doesn't last forever i remember feeling like zachary's first year of life was never going to end it was going to last forever and i remember there were points in time where i i distinctly remember thinking is this what my reality is going to be like for the rest of my life but it it does end up shifting and you know the babies were 10 weeks premature so you know keep that in mind that they're 10 weeks behind schedule and not that each baby is on a particular schedule every baby and child goes at their own pace in regards to their growth and their development but just know that there is an end in sight and 
you're doing the right things in terms of having help and having a community and taking, you know, medication if that is what you know that you need and recognizing when things are getting too bad is important. And I, I hate that other moms go through this, but it also makes me feel better that like, oh, it always makes me feel better when I know I'm not the only one. So OP, if you're listening, I don't know if you are, but just know that there are so many other parents before you and so many more parents to come after you that will feel like this. I just want to see how, when I originally screenshotted this, it was, um, it had only been on there for seven hours. It's 63 days old. So the, the twins are two months older now. Let me see if there's any, I want to see if there's any updates. I don't, I honestly don't know how to, uh, check for updates or anything. No, I don't know. I don't know how to, um, I don't know how to find like comments by the OP. Um, top comment says surviving is living too. And the phrase this too shall pass. Uh, I can barely remember anything from the first six months. It all got better at six months and every phase comes with its difficulties, but at least they get more human when they get older. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's going to be a point in time where you look back and you're like, Oh, that was a lot. I can't believe I got out of that, but then you have the next stage or the next development or the next thing that comes along and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this, but just remember you've survived the day before you, you survived this day, you survived the first however many days and you're going to keep surviving and surviving is really fucking hard, especially when you have kids there. Like right now, seven and eight years later, I have days where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. I had a fucking meltdown in my kitchen earlier because literally I tell the kids all the time, Please don't jump on my furniture because they are just wild, wild energy sometimes. And especially now that Charlie's here and she's pulling herself up by the couch and crawling around, they just don't have the grace and wherewithal to, you know, not kick her in the head. So I try to tell them every day, it seems like, don't jump on my motherfucking couch because it's not a playground. If you want to play like that, go outside or go in your rooms. I don't care. Just don't do it on my couch. And I had like a little menti bee earlier because they were jumping on my couch and the baby was right there and it was just too much. I was overstimulated. We get through that whole part of the day. That was this morning. And then Zachary, I turn around and they're wrestling on the couch again. And I'm just like, I'm going to fucking not survive this. But this too shall pass. I don't really think I have any mantras other than like, what the fuck is going on? But, um, yeah, parenthood is whack. Having multiple kids is whack. Having siblings is whack. Nothing when it comes to multiple kids or having siblings is easy. There's always going to be obstacles. I mean, I have probably a zillion stories I could tell you of growing up with my siblings. It's not easy. It's just not easy, but you know, such as parenting. So that is episode two on the topic of multiples slash siblings. If you have any thoughts, comments, if you can relate to any of this, please leave a comment. Give us a five-star rating if you're listening, and I will see you next week on the Strugglehood Podcast. (laughs) 